Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Say all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and the female servants in those days... I will pour out my spirit, say, pour out your spirit upon me, God. Say, pour out your spirit upon me, God. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit has been given to the church? Amen? And I'm going to break down who the Holy Spirit is, and we're going to start for the next four weeks talking about the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Ghost, understanding the power of the Holy Ghost, and so that we, as a spirit-filled body, can live within the kingdom of God as people that have power and not being powerless. Because there's a lot of people in the kingdom that don't know what they have. They don't use what's been given to them by the Spirit of God. And today, I want to start a process of understanding the power of the Holy Ghost. Is that okay? Amen. Awesome. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you that the entrance of your word gives light or understanding to us, the simple ones. I thank you, Lord, that there is wisdom in your word. I thank you, you said, whoever lacks wisdom to ask, and you will give it liberally without reproach. I thank you for the wisdom of God, just like Ephesians 1 says, for the spirit of wisdom, Father God, and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened, Father God, that we will know, that we will know today. I thank you, Father, that we get knowledge and understanding, and I thank you that what follows is wisdom. I thank you today, Father, that for the power of the Holy Ghost, just like Jesus said in Luke 4, Father, that the spirit of God. I thank you. He prophesied. He spoke, Father. He read what Joel said. I think that the Spirit of God is upon him, that he has anointed him. I thank you, Father, for that same anointing today is on us. It's in our life by the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we thank you that we tap into that. And I thank you for every person here today leads, Father, with an understanding that they got power. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, say, I got power. power. Go ahead and sit down. Go ahead and sit down. Now... To understand this power that I'm speaking of, I'm going to have to read a series of scriptures to you to set a foundation within your heart. Now, these scriptures may uh, be something that you've heard already. This may be a sermon you've already heard, and that's okay. Um, I want to encourage you, even if you heard this, don't just uh, sit out and just kind of go through the motion and let the next 30 minutes or 60 minutes, not messaging, (laughs) just playing, don't allow these next few moments just be a time where you get a nice little uh, doze, you know, and just go to sleep for a moment. But listen and allow the Spirit of God to give you revelation, fresh revelation upon these things. We never want to get to a point within our Christian life where we think we know everything. I got it all. 
I don't, you know, I, I've heard this a thousand times. Good, let this be the thousands and one time. And this time, take notes, open up your Bible, and let's get involved in this together. Let's not just hear with our mind, because this is what a lot of times we do. We hear with the mind. But let me help you. Let it go to the mind. Let it get into your ears, to your mind. But let us get down deep within the heart today. Okay, because that's what revelation is. It gets deep within the heart. And once you begin to understand the word of God within your heart, well, that's where transformation happens. And that's when you begin to change and live according to the, what the word says is for you today. So we call that the working of the Holy Spirit, not only for you, but also in you. Come on, the Holy Spirit wants to work in you today. Amen? How many believe that? The Holy Spirit wants to work in you. And if he can work in you, come on, well, then he can work for you. See, the problem is we don't understand what's in us. We don't understand what has happened through the new birth. We don't understand that there is even a second baptism or a third baptism, which is a baptism of fire that John spoke about. Come on. That comes when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And so we're going to go through these things, and we're going to break them down. We're going to go through Scripture, and then we're going to believe that the Spirit of God will fill us again. Amen? We are a Spirit-filled church, meaning, what does that mean? We're, we're not a denominational church. We're non-denominational, but we definitely have a charismatic Pentecostal background. Amen? Amen? Meaning, I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. This church believes in the gifts of the Spirit. This church believes in speaking in tongues. This church believes in laying on of hands and that people that are sick in their body will recover. How many believe that today? It's okay if you don't. I understand it. But see, once you've tasted, once you've experienced it, once you've been in, in it and engulfed in it, it's too hard to deny it. I don't know about you, but I've seen the power of God work in people's lives. People that should not be saved are completely set free and delivered. The drummer that you saw just on this stage not too long ago, he was addicted to drugs. He was in the, the culture of the hip-hop scene. And let me help you today, he's completely set free. Why? By the transformation power of the Holy Ghost today. And many of you, there's a testimony like that, where you were in the world, you were oppressed by the devil, you were bound, but because of the power of the Holy Ghost, it completely wrecked you from being normal, and now you're completely different. You're not the old you anymore. There's people that don't even recognize you because of how much you have changed. Amen? And why has this happened? It's because of the Holy Ghost. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. He has changed you. He has transformed you. So the moment you received Jesus Christ into your life, something happened. Bam, the Holy Spirit came in you. We call this the inward work of the Holy Spirit. There's an inward work. So there are two workings of the Holy Spirit. You can write this down. Two workings of the Holy Spirit. There's the inward work, and there's the outward work. Now, the outward work, I'm going to get into a little bit later on throughout the month. Because in a Pentecost Sunday, on that Sunday, I'm going to pray over you if you want to get filled in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. But ultimately, what's going to happen is you're going to be given power to be a witness, just like Jesus spoke in Acts 1.8. He will give you power to be a witness. So tongues is just the initial sign that you've been filled, but that's not all it is. Amen? There is power that comes within your life, power that transforms you, but also power that goes with you everywhere you go that transforms, transforms other people around you. This is why a church 
needs people filled with the Spirit of God that have power in them so it's transforming the region they are in. We're not here just to have a community club and say, well, Christians are here in this region. No, the world, this area need to know that God loves them, that God has a plan for them, and we have to have the Holy Spirit within us that will lead us, direct us, and guide us in how to do those things. And what do I mean by do those things? I'm talking about how to preach the gospel in a place where people don't want to hear the gospel. Because the reality is, if we will allow our minds to rule us and reign us, we will reason out ourselves of being able to even talk about the gospel to anybody. They say, oh, they don't want to hear. Oh, it's not like it was 100 years ago. It was so easy to preach the gospel, was it really? It was so easy for the early church. Was it really? Have you read the Bible that I've read? It wasn't. They were persecuted. If anything, it's a lot easier today. Know what it is. It's going to take boldness. It only comes by the Holy Ghost. There's a boldness that comes from the Holy Spirit that he'll put in you. Amen? Now, let's lay some foundation quick. John 14. Turn the Bible there to John chapter 14, verse 15. Now, I read that the prophet Joel, he said, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord. He says, and it shall come to pass that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. How many know that that day has been fulfilled already? It's been fulfilled. We're not waiting for this prophecy to be fulfilled. It's already been fulfilled. Now, we know that Jesus, after his water baptism, and as he came up out of the water, that the Spirit of God came upon him, right? You can go back and read that. The Spirit of God came upon Jesus, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost, and then he was led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God to be tempted. And that we know that what followed after him being filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, power, healings, miracles. Unclean spirits being casted out. Demons being casted out. Does that stuff still happen for today or is it only for Jesus in the early church? Some would argue say it was only for the early church. That that's done away with. And they would use their argument from 1 Corinthians chapter 14. But let me help you today. It isn't done away with. Because Satan's still roaming on the earth. And there's still demonic spirits. Now maybe you are ignorant to those things. But let me help you. I've come in contact with people that are oppressed that are possessed, and let me help you, they've been free through the power of the Holy Ghost. I've seen people that were sick in their body from cancer completely set free and whole. I've seen people just have even a common cold and through the power of prayer be healed like that. You say, is that possible? Of course it is, through the blood of Jesus. It is, through the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on. There's an anointing today. Say anointing. And it shall come to pass afterward that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, he says, on your sons and daughters. They shall prophesy. Now, John 14. This is Jesus speaking. John 14, verse 15. And I need to slow down a little bit because I got so much here and I don't want to miss anything. So, Holy Spirit, help me. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Now, that word helper is comforter. Another word is standby. The paraclete. He's the paraclete. He's the standby. He's the helper. He will help you. He will comfort you. He will guide you. Speaking of the Holy Spirit or also the Holy Ghost. And he will be with you forever. 
even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, so the world cannot receive of him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. Now, how do we see him or know him? Well, we know him according and see him according to the word of God, according to our salvation in Christ. The moment you got born again, when the Holy Spirit came upon you, here he came in you. And now he lives and dwells within your spirit. This is why right here within the belly is such a sensitive area. This is where the spirit of God dwells. This is where the Holy Spirit is. He's living in you. Amen? He lives in you. You are the temple where the spirit of God dwells. No longer does the spirit of God just dwell in the temple in the holies of holies. No, we know that the veil was rent in two from top to bottom. And where is the Holy Ghost now? Where is the spirit of God? Where is the presence of God? It's in you. It's in you. Come on. And it says, because he neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, this has already taken place. The Holy Spirit has already come upon the earth. Because why? Jesus is gone. Is Jesus still here today? No. We know that Jesus ascended into heaven with 500 people that saw him ascend. This is recorded that 500 people saw him ascend into the heavens. And what did he tell them before this ascension? He said, go into the upper room. Go into Jerusalem and tarry and wait for me, and I will come. And the, or in the, the Spirit of the God, the Holy Spirit, the Helper, the Comforter, he will come. Now, let's go to the next passage of Scripture, John 15, 26. I would encourage you to read John 14, 15, and 16, these chapters. Take some time. But John chapter 15, verse 26, and it says this, But when the Helper comes, now we know he's come already, whom I will send to you from the Father. So where, is this, where does he come from or where does he came from? The Father. Come on, God the Spirit, right? We believe in the Trinity today, that God is a trying being. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Amen? He says, yeah, I will send to you from the Father the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father. Now look at this. He will bear witness about me. He will bear witness about me, meaning he will speak of me. He will testify of me. He will be a witness of who I am in you and around the world. And you will also bear witness, speaking to his disciples. And you will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. John chapter 16. Don't say I've never given you enough scripture. <laughs> John chapter 16, verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, speaking of the Holy Spirit, speaking of the Holy Ghost, he will guide you in all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority. Look at that. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears from God, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Look at that. He will glorify me, and he will take what is mine, and he will declare it to you. He will speak it to you. He will proclaim it to you. All the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So think about that. Jesus is saying that everything that I have is the Father's right here. All that the Father has is mine. So ultimately, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, he's speaking to you through the words of the Father. Well, there's another passage of Scripture that actually... Confirms this for us. Go to Romans 8. Now, I'm just laying the foundation real quick. Romans 8. 
verse 26. And it says this, likewise, the Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So when I don't know how to pray, or when I pray in the Spirit, when I pray, the Spirit himself intercedes for me. He's praying for me with groanings too deep for words. So it's not my natural English, my native language. My native tongue. And it says, And he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to what? The will of God. So here it is. It's double confirmation. The Holy Spirit does not speak of his own authority. He speaks of God's. Of God's. So today what I want to start with is the Holy Ghost has a voice. The Holy Ghost has a voice. But he does not speak of his own authority. See, this is what makes the Holy Ghost so unique and special to our lives because we have our own mind that speaks to us, that tells us what to do. We call it a conscience and, or an intuition, and it leads us and directs us. And our own thoughts can lead us into directions that weren't intended by God. A lot of times people have an issue differentiating between the voice of the Holy Ghost and their own voice. How do I know God is leading me and how do I know it's not myself? How do I know this is God's will and not just what I want? How do I know that the next season of my life or the thing that I'm desiring to go into is God or it's just because I want it? How can I know the voice of the Holy Spirit? And that's what I want to get into a little bit. The Bible says this, going back to verse 26 of John 15, but when the helper comes, whom I sent to you from the Father, the spirit of truth, he will bear witness about me. Who proceeds from the Father will bear witness about me. So the Holy Spirit's primary job is to bear witness, is to testify of the Father, of the Father's will, of the Father's way, of the Father's purpose within your life. That's his main purpose, is to bear witness within your spirit of God's word, of God's word, of his direction, of his plan. And you go back to 16, verse 13, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he speaks, he will declare to you the things that are to come. Now look at this. We know that we have the Holy Bible which is God's word to us. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. The Bible also says that the word of God in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, is sharper than any two-edged sword divided between soul and spirit, between bone and marrow, and it is discerning the thoughts and the intentions of our heart. We know that the word of God is living. It's active. So the Bible is what we call the Logos word of God, or the Logos, some might say, and that is the written word of God. This is God's word to you, the written word of God, the Bible. This is his word. We know it's living. It's a living organism. It's speaking of who he is, of his purpose and his plans. So when the Holy Spirit speaks, we know that he speaks of the authority of the Father. His word, the Bible, 
the Logos, the Logos, the written word of God, ready, is God's word, is his authority in our life. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, how do I know it's him and not my own voice? It will always confirm with the Logos or the written word of God. It will never go against it. This is why you must know God's word. This is why you must know scripture. This is why you must be a person of the word of God by studying and being a barbarian of the word of God, meaning you're a studier of the word of God. You know, it's, you know the scriptures. You spend time with God's word. He said, but can I really believe that the Bible is true? I mean, come on, hasn't there been so many different versions and edits and things taken out and things added in? Through your own time and study, and we do this here, and we teach about the doctrine of the Bible, the doctrine of God's word, and in its inerrancy, and its being, uh, and what it is in, in full, complete, completeness, we talk about it, and we teach you, and if you go back into history, you'll see that the word of God that we have today, the scriptures today, literally are off by a few percentages when it comes to small words that are changed, but when it comes to the entirety of the Bible, it is right on with the manuscripts that we have that have been given to us throughout history. There's over 63,000 cross-references all throughout the Bible. How crazy is that? There's so much within the Word of God, even archaeological finds and things that are trying to disprove it all prove that it's real. And we know that today to be true. So if His Word is true, then how do I know the Holy Spirit speaks to me? And how do I know it's his will? How do I know it's his voice? It will confirm with the word of God. It will confirm with the word. The Holy Spirit does not speak of his own authority. So he's not just some spirit speaking to you. Now I've heard people say, well, I hear spirits speaking to me. Why are you letting them speak to you? Why are you entertaining it? If it doesn't speak of God, if it doesn't speak of life, and it's only speaking death, I would help you today. You ready? Rebuke it. Take some authority that you have in the Holy Ghost and say in the name of Jesus, go. The Bible says that you have authority in the name. See, some of us entertain voices within our head way too often. We even entertain the voice of our own mind, the voice of our own head. I understand. The Bible says, it tells you exactly what to do. Cast down vain imaginations. Cast them down, meaning get rid of them. Vain means empty of truth. So you ready for this? The Holy Spirit is who? The spirit of truth. And he will lead you in all truth. So the spirit of truth being the Holy Spirit, he will lead me to truth. If I'm having thoughts in my mind that are against truth, that means that they are vain imaginations and I need to do what the word of God says. Cast them down. I don't need to give life to them. I don't need to entertain them. I don't need to meditate on them. I don't need to ponder them. I don't need to allow these thoughts to become, ultimately, actions in my life. And this is why people get out of the will of God. This is why people miss God. It's because they entertain vain imaginations or thoughts that don't have anything to do with God's word. So, if he is the spirit of truth and he will lead me in the truth, The truth of what? The truth of God's word. If he will lead me in truth, then that means I must know the voice of the spirit of God. 
I must be sensitive to that voice. I must be able to recognize that voice. And the only way you can possibly do that is by being with the Holy Spirit. Is by fellowshipping, intimacy, relationship, time with him. If you don't spend time with the Holy Ghost, you're not going to know the direction and the leading of the spirit of truth. You're not going to have the help or the comfort that you have been given through the Holy Ghost within your life. This is why you're not experiencing comfort in your life. This is why you're not experiencing help in your life. This is why you're not experiencing the guidance of your li- in your life or the teaching in your life because you don't know his voice because you're not spending time with him. It really comes down simply to relationship. Relationship. The Holy Spirit and the cool thing is, he's not far away. He's right in you. He's not up in heaven. Now, the Father is, and we know that Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father, but the Holy Spirit, he's in you. The Bible says this. 1 John chapter 2, verse, actually, no, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. Searching all his innermost parts. I'm going to read a different translation. I'm going to read the King James Version, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. It says this. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all. No, that's still the ESV. Get me out of there. Sorry about that. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The Spirit of God, he's speaking of the Holy Ghost. He is the one searching all the inward parts of your belly. Spirit of God. Today, do you know the Holy Ghost? You're saying, should I? Yes, you should. He's a part of the Godhead. He's a third in the triune being. He is a person. He's not a dove. He's not a vibe. He's not the goosebumps that you get, that the same thing you get from a concert. He's not you falling out in the spirit or dramatically shaking and doing all that stuff. That's not the Holy Ghost. Now, will those things happen when the Holy Ghost comes upon you? They probably will at times, yeah. I've seen people shake. I've seen people jump. I remember one time where I was in a service, and the man of God was praying, and he just went with his hand, and I just said, what? And the Holy Ghost made me fall on my back. You say, can that happen? It happened to me. I felt the tangible presence of God hit me. I remember one time with the tangible presence of God, got into my feet, and I felt like my feet were on fire, and I took off running. You say, why did that have to happen? I don't have the answer for you, but I can tell you now, it was God. It refreshed me. Even the Bible says in Acts chapter 3 that there will be times of refreshing in the spirit of God. Don't knock it until you try it. Well, that's crazy. I don't want to look like that. I understand you're so dignified, right? I get it. Oh, that's not of God. These people are crazy. Yeah, I get it. And I understand it. Because you can sometimes get unbalanced and get into the sensual side and get into the fanaticism side. But I like what Pastor Brian says. I like a little bit of wildfire than no fire at all. 
What good is wet wood? It can't carry a fire. It can't carry a flame. So instead of being wet wood or a dead log, get some life to you, amen? Be a recipient of the word of God, of the spirit of God. Now, 1 John 2.20 says this, 1 John 2.20, but you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have all knowledge. Now, look at this. He's the spirit of truth. He is the anointed. We've been anointed by the Holy One, speaking of God. Now, think of this. This is really cool. We know that Jesus, we call him Jesus Christ, right? Jesus Christ. Christ meaning the anointed one, the anointed. Now, when Jesus left the earth, you know what didn't leave the earth? Christ, the anointing. The anointing was roaming on the earth, waiting to come upon sons and daughters, waiting to fall upon those in there in the upper room, waiting. And then that day when they were tearing and praying, what happened? The Spirit of God came upon them like a mighty rushing wind where they were all sitting and praying and tearing. They said that a little flame was on their head, and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. But think of this. You got Peter. If you continue to read in Acts 2, Peter, leave the upper room, go outside, and begin to minister or to preach the gospel of salvation. What changed? He received power. See, the early church needed this power just like we need the power to this day. It changed this person that was timid, fearful, that denied Jesus three times, that wasn't really sure of his identity, and now he's preaching a salvation message and getting people saved, and we know that 3,000 people in that message got born again right then and there. Jesus even said that great works I've done, but greater works will you do. Now, do, does greater mean greater than what Jesus done? Personally, I don't think so. Why do I say that? I think greater means great, wider. We have more of an effect than Jesus did as one person. We now have millions of people that can do the works of Jesus. So instead of thinking greater as in the quality of what Jesus did, think of it as in quantity. We can do more. We can do more. Amen? Because we can't do it alone from Jesus. We can't do it away, apart from Jesus. It's because of Jesus and by the Holy Ghost that we can do these things. Amen? Now, the Holy Ghost has a voice, and he speaks to you. And he wants to lead you, and he wants to guide you. He wants to train you and develop you. See, we have been called as a church and been given a word to labor, to work. But... Doing it on your own, you will not be able to fully be effective within the labor, within the harvest. But through the power of the Holy Ghost, you will be able to labor without getting tired, without getting restless. You will be able to labor without making compromise, without making excuses. You will be able to get into the labor without allowing the flesh within you 
to rule you and dominate you. This is why many people don't get into the labor, because of the flesh. But through the Holy Spirit, you will be able to do everything that God has called you to do. But you got to know that he is speaking. And he is directing you and guiding you. But you have to hear his voice. It is important for us in the labor to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost. It's important for every single one of us to make sure that everything that we are doing when it comes to job, when it comes to business, when it comes to direction in our life, that we are not just going off what we feel and think. We are going off the leading of his voice. The Bible says in even Romans 8, 14, for those who are the sons of God are, or for those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22, in Christ you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by who? The Spirit, meaning our work is done through the Spirit of God. The building of his church, the building of his community, the building of what we are doing here on the peninsula is done by the Holy Ghost. And the first and foremost thing that he is doing is he is being a witness of the Father. Now go to Acts chapter 1. Verse 5, and it says this, or sorry, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now, this is a promise that Jesus gave his disciples, that he gave his followers. Now, there were 500 that were there that he told this to. 500 people, men and women, that God, uh, Jesus spoke this word to. Only 120 went to Jerusalem in obedience. Where did the other 380 go? Why didn't they all go? They get carried away with time, or maybe they said, he's leaving, it's done. I got work to do. They start making excuses, start reasoning it out. And this is what happens within the church. God gives a promise through his word, but we begin to reason it right out. We begin to make excuses and things like, well, how's that going to work? That, that's supernatural. That's miraculous. There's no way. I can't, within my mind, figure it out. So if I can't figure it out in my mind, then it must not be God. The Bible says that even the Holy Spirit that dwells in you, if you go back into Romans 8, and you go towards the end, it says that you will have the mind of Christ. What do you think the mind of Christ is? The Holy Spirit leading you and directing you and guiding your life. That's what the mind of Christ is. Meaning not your own personal mind. No, it's through the renewing of your mind by the power of the Holy Spirit where you don't listen to your mind now, but you listen to the voice of the Holy Ghost. I'm not being led in my life through my own personal mind. I'm being led by the Holy Spirit within me. This is what the mind of Christ is. I have a mind in God because the Holy Spirit is speaking not of his own authority but of God's word to me. But it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you be my witnesses. So what's the very first thing hap that happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you? You become a witness, meaning you testify of Jesus Christ. You're a preacher. 
You get people born again. You get people saved. If you are a Christian today and you've been a Christian for a long time or a little bit of time and you have still not yet to get someone born again, let me help you. Make it a desire within your heart to get one person saved within your lifetime. That should be your goal. I got to get people saved. I got to get people born again. I got to preach the gospel. Every time you saw, even in Paul's life, before he was Paul, he was Saul. What happened when he was blinded and when he had an encounter with Jesus? And then we see that Ananias comes in there by the Spirit of God. And he lays his hands on him. The scales fall from upon his eyes. He gets anointed in the Holy Ghost. And he, gets, uh, he comes out there with boldness and begins to preach the gospel. The very first thing you see him do. And then people are like, oh my gosh, this guy once murdered people like us, but now he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And see, when you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, when you're sensitive to his voice, he will lead you and direct you in how to do it. To where it won't be weird, and it won't be you just trying to do it and just get over yourself and break that barrier. But sometimes there will be moments in your life where you'll have to step out in boldness and just trust in the word of the Lord. See, the problem is not that are there people that need to be born again around you. There's a lot of people that need to be born again. The problem lies, are you willing to speak? Are you willing to be the witness? Or are you going to be unashamed? Or are you going to be ashamed? Are you going to be like, oh, it's somebody else can talk to them. That's, that's, that's not who I am. I'll let Pastor Jake talk to them. I'm going to bring him to church. Now, that's one way you can do that for sure. That's fine. But ultimately... What if the Holy Spirit is wanting you to do it? He's speaking to you to do it. Because the first and foremost goal of the church is not to get people born again. Well, yeah, I said that. Wow, really? You're right. No. The purpose of the church is to build, to equip you, the believers, for the work of the ministry. Church was never about getting people that were unsaved saved. No, that's the work outside the four walls. That's about me equipping you and empowering you to go out there and be preachers. The goal of the pastor is to shepherd the flock, not the unsaved. But see, church has become where how can we get the unsaved to the body, to the church? That's become the main focus, and that's not what the focus of church is. The purpose of church is to build you, to equip you for the work of the ministry. So where do people get saved? Through your own testimony and walk of life. Will people get saved in the house of God? Of course they have. People have been getting saved in church ever since it started. But it starts where you are. It starts where you are. See, the Holy Spirit is always speaking. And he will lead you in the truth. He will lead you into the right direction. He will guide you. But you, as a believer, have to desire to hear his voice. And you do that through relationship. If you don't pray, if you don't spend time with God, you're not going to know him. You're not going to know the voice of the Holy Ghost. You're not going to know him. And see, even right now, I feel within my heart that that for you is already a challenge. It's a challenge to get to that place. I understand. It's going to cause you to have to change your habits. It's going to cause you to be disciplined in your walk with the Lord. 
you may have to do things a little differently within your life to get into that place with the Father. This is why we are praying and fasting, not because it's some religious thing that we do. You see, we can't allow things just to become tradition for the sake of tradition. No, we do things because we know that they work. We see it in the Bible work, so that's why we do it. We fast and pray. Jesus even told the Pharisees, he said, why do the disciples fast? Why are they not fasting? I'm still here. Why would they need to fast? Now, when I leave, they'll have to fast. This is why we fast and pray. And when you fast and pray, what happens? You get so sensitive to the voice of God that you know where he's leading you. You know where he's directing you. You know what he's telling you to do. Even within my own life, when I don't feel like I'm hearing from God and I'm feeling confused, and let me help you, God is not the author of confusion. So if you're confused today and you don't have clarity, well, then it's not God. That's the enemy, or it's just your own personal mind. You're going to have to get in a place of prayer. And the best way to do it is fast. Starve the, starve the flesh. Starve the natural man. What will happen? Well, the spirit within you, the Holy Spirit, will begin to take precedence first. You'll begin to hear his voice. This is every time I've ever made a decision of moving somewhere or doing something, me and Laney have always fasted and prayed. Always. Before I moved here, I fasted and prayed and made sure I was doing exactly what God wanted me to do. When there were opportunities and doors that opened, because there's been many that I could have walked into that looked really promising and looked really good, I prayed and fasted first. And I made sure that it was God. Now, let me help you. A lot of those doors were not God. And because we spent time with God and were sensitive to his voice, I didn't go into those doors. And there's no telling where I'd be right now if I would, would, would have done those things. See, there's the perfect will of God that I personally believe that you can walk in. Now, there is a, the permissive will of God as well, meaning God will permit you to do whatever you want to. He's giving you free choice. You're free, free, free to do whatever you want. There's the perfect will of God and the permissive will of God. And the perfect will of God, I believe most people never get to that place. Because it takes you saying, God, I just want to walk your way. I want to walk according to your will. I'm not going to make a step before I know you're in this. Now, I'm not going to be lazy and not do anything and just sit here, sit around and just waste 10 years of my life. Because even in the waiting, I'm going to work. Even in the waiting, I'm going to pray. Even in the waiting, I'm going to seek you. Amen? Because that's sometimes what people do. I'm waiting on God and they won't do nothing for 20 years. I'm waiting on them. You're going to wait for another until you die. See, faith has action. It has action. See, I believe that God has spoken to you before. And this is what I always find, that I do hear the voice of the Spirit, and I believe you do too, but we ignore it because we don't want to do it. Because of how challenging or how it challenges us and how uncomfortable it makes us feel. And I get that. But the Lord's wanting you to do it for a reason. He's putting that on you because this is what's going to help you grow and develop and mature in him. Look, faith is complete trust and reliance on him. If you can do it, you don't need God. You don't. No, faith is completely reliant on him and his ability. 
See, the Holy Spirit will help you where you lack, where you're not strong enough, where you're not good enough. He will lead you and help you. And where you don't have those qualities or traits or the character or whatever the things may be that you lack in, he will help build that within you. See, some people don't have the character to go into the next season of their life. That's why you haven't gone into that season yet. Your character is not strong enough. And God knows that. And that's why he's working on those things within you. I know exactly how that feels. There were things. <clears throat> I wanted to move here at a certain time when I was around 23, 24, around that age. Me and Lady came out. And we came for our honeymoon. And I can talk about it now because it's been a few years. And I wanted to come out here. And I wanted to move here. I thought it was time. But the Lord said it's not time yet. And I remember I was wrestling with that. I was telling Lane, we're talking to Pastor Brian. Come on, let's just make a way. It wasn't time yet. Because there were things within me that I needed to develop and grow in. But if I didn't develop and grow in those things, there's no telling if I would be here today. See, the Holy Spirit will speak to you and he will lead you. And it's always him speaking, not of his own authority, but of the Father's authority. He wants you to fully rely on his voice and no other voice. So this is why you can't rely all the time on people of blood. What do I mean by that? Family members. When God tells you to do something and your family members are completely against it, let me help you. Go with God and not your family members. Now, the Bible says when it comes to making decisions and direction, because it's not really what I'm talking about is direction or decisions, but there is wisdom in the counsel of many. You go to people that you know that are being led by God, that know the voice of God. When I moved here, the first thing I did is I talked to my mom and dad because I know they hear from God. Some people I won't talk to, I won't talk to about things because I know they're not walking with God. But even within your own life, when it, God, not just direction or what you're doing, when it comes to service unto God, when it comes to obedience unto God, because there's some things within your life right now that God's telling you to do that you're just not obeying them in. Maybe it's to cut that relationship off. Maybe it's to change your job. Maybe it's to change some of the lifestyle things that you do at the moment. I know how that feels. God, literally about a, year, about a year and a half ago, the Lord told me that how I steward my own personal time is going to determine the season that I go into. How I steward my time, how I steward my life, meaning what I do on a daily basis is going to determine if I will go into that next season. And I remember when God told me that, that was hard to hear. Because I thought, I do everything right, what are you talking about? <laughs> But through a course of time, there have been things that the Lord has shown me within my heart. And that's through the Holy Spirit leading, guiding. Next week, what I'm going to get into is talking about the power of the Holy Ghost more so. And talk about what happens when we get filled in the Holy Ghost. Because you have a defense or you have an offensive tool, I guess you could say it that way, when it comes to being a Christian when it comes to being a spirit-filled Christian, where you, when you don't know how to pray, you can pray in the spirit. 
And this gets you sensitive to the voice of the Spirit, and you also pray the perfect will of the Father. It builds you up on your most holy faith. And for those that know what I'm talking about, you know, you say, when I pray in the Spirit, man, I feel supercharged. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.